0: Welcome to The Way Niagara Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta, and we have Chris Duglish and Steve Lamar as well. And if you are listening to this on the day that it is released, it is Easter weekend. And so we are going to focus around Easter and what Jesus did. But in a little bit of a unique way, we're going to focus on that first part that happened the night before Jesus went on the cross. And so we're going to talk a lot about communion today. Well, this is actually a theme that has come up in the book, What If Jesus Was Serious About the Church by Sky Jatani. So we're going to kind of both partner with talking through the book, but also highlighting the significance of this part of the Easter weekend. And so let's get started.
1: In Acts 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. You see in Acts 2, a balance between the table being the breaking of bread, the teaching, the fellowship, and the prayer. All of these things were a balanced part of their daily community. Today, however, if you want to break down how we do our church on our Sunday expression or our gathering expression, we put a heavier emphasis on the music, which wasn't even a part of the expression in Acts 2. We put a great emphasis on teaching and a very very small emphasis on prayer, which we use mostly for like transitions. Like you know that the service is wrapping up when the pastor's praying. And maybe monthly, maybe quarterly. That's when you do communion as it falls on a convenient time in the schedule.
0: And even on top of that, not only is it fairly infrequent in many churches, it's also a very short part of the service. And so it kind of convicts me a bit when I see this part of the book, this point that says if Jesus was serious, then the church cannot ignore his table. And that kind of makes me ask the question how did this realignment happen why is it why did we move away from the way that it was in acts to the way that it is today Hmm. that's actually an awesome question
1: i feel like to answer it you almost have to go back many many years maybe a hundred years and recognize that as the reform came to the, the church systems of today, the church was, was suffering a, a problem of it emptying. People weren't interested in going to church. It wasn't relevant. It wasn't interesting. And then around the turn of the century, we figured out that if we played music that sounded like what they were doing in the bars, then we would draw people because they would hear the music and recognize, hey, this music sounds like our music. And so... That was kind of like the birthing of, of a worship-driven, worship-centric service, because the music was what was bringing people to the church. And now, 120 years later, we're still using the same tactic. We want our music to be fantastic. We want our music to be relevant to the culture. We want people to, to be drawn to our music, because music is such a heavily defining piece of individualism. Right? We all have our personal preferences of style. We have our favorite bands. We have our favorite musicians. We might like uh, things to be more electronic or we might like things to be sounding more like they were recorded on, on an old record. You know, more of that natural, organic sound. But if we look at how the model of the Old Testament church experience was, where they would gather and everything was very... Um, very by the book, like they had, they almost had a script that they followed. And then the gathering for the New Testament church brought all these different pieces and different components, the table, the remembering of, of the communion being a huge piece of who they were. And then today we walk, you know, 2000 years later and our biggest thing that we have is music, coupled with a slightly relevant teaching or an attempt to be relevant in our teaching.
0: And it becomes so centered around those things. But those are things to be consumed, not things to as much participate in. Yes, people participate in the worship times and singing and hand-raising and all of that. And that's good and important. And we're not trying to say, don't do that. We do that at House of Worship. Like, those are important things. But... For some, that has become the sole expression of church. Mm-hmm. If all you do is go Sunday somewhere, those are going to be the primary areas of your faith. And the question is, is while those are good things, are those things truly going to sustain you in a growing and discipling life with, with Jesus? And I don't think that the answer is yes, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. What is interesting, too, is we put so much energy into the music into this professional production almost. And yet everyone has music now on their phone, right? So if you can dig up hours and hours, days of worship on a playlist and have it constantly filling your home and filling your your car and filling your workspace. And then you go to church and you're hearing the same songs led by slightly less professionals in most cases. And you actually almost become critical of the worship because it doesn't sound like the recording. So you're actually setting yourself up for an experience that's negative. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I just find it like, I find it shocking that this has become a normal part of our Christian church expression. To to consume so much music and then to deliver the same music at what's likely a less professional version of it so that the people who are hearing it and consuming it many churches post their 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 song playlists now on on instagram or on facebook so that the people know what to expect before they come and then they might be getting this like lesser version of it and i'm not knocking that at all i love really organic stripped down versions of most songs if you just let it on acoustic i would be i'd be right there but if you're trying to engage the culture that says the music is important and you're giving them this lesser piece, you've actually set up your service for negative feelings and negative expression around the worship. It's it's actually bizarre.
0: Yeah, and that is really an interesting thing, right? And so what would that look like then if we were to put a bigger emphasis on the table, put a bigger emphasis on the thing that we are actually bringing this to god rather than experiencing something for us because it's a part of what we do to give honor and glory to god it is also about what we do to serve and connect with mm-hmm. each other and the table is a really important part of that yeah. and not just the act of taking communion in that remembrance sense like we've at house of worship have set up tables to help I think it sets a good visual that we are not just watching people at the front of a room do things for us that we may passively, in some degree, participate in. We are actually connecting with God's people as we are honoring God and giving. So it's kind of that, both that personal worship to God, but also that communal expression that you can't get on a Spotify playlist. That's right. And so, and that's what I think about, like, when you're planning a gathering, what are the things that only the gathering can do? Yeah. And the gathering isn't, is not the place where you're going to get the best music or necessarily the smartest teacher or whatever. It's actually about what we are able to do together to honor God and to edify each other. That's right. And so we cannot ignore his table. And I, I think this next point is interesting that says, if Jesus was serious, then a symbol is never just a symbol. Chris, can you unpack that a little bit?
1: Yeah. If you look at the symbolism throughout the, the, all of scripture, really, we'll start with the idea of like the rainbow, right? The rainbow was kind of like the first symbol that we really got to see. So when God provided the rainbow, uh, you know, after, after the flood, it came with a covenant. It didn't just come with like, Hey, here's a beautiful thing for you to look at this symbol. It came with a promise that God would never destroy humanity again with water. It's kind of important. <laughs> and so when we, when we look at the symbol of the rainbow, there's a promise of, that there is no destruction coming to mankind with water. That, that, that God would never flood the earth again. God would never wipe his creation off the earth again, no matter how far that they had fallen. Then you fall into your second symbolism which would be circumcision the circumcision as the jewish people viewed it as as a belonging it goes back to the promise of abraham that his descendants would be more numerous than the stars so when they look at the circumcision it's about being included we are those people we are part of that number the symbolism is the circumcision the covenant is that covenant that Abraham made with God to be more numerous as a people than even the stars. Then we saw the symbolism of the Sabbath rest, taking a break on the seventh day or whatever day you find your Sabbath, which is highly contested because we don't follow the same calendar as, as our Jewish brothers who would view the Sabbath as a Saturday. We view the Sabbath as our Sunday. The sabbath is whenever you to take your rest it's important to take rest take rest but the sabbath came with a covenant of freedom in our own land you are free to be a people to work and to do and to establish yourself but stop for one day one day and remember i freed you from captivity i brought you out of egypt out of slavery so rest and remember. And then finally, the most prevalent symbol in what we're talking about today is obviously that meal, the Lord's table, which represented God's union with people, God's union even with his enemy who would therefore condemn him to death. Judas. He was welcome at the table. That covenant that union God wants to be with his people no matter how far they've fallen is the most beautiful covenant. And we as his people must get better at remembering I could be Judas and I am still welcome at his table.
2: Yeah, I think a big part of this too is Keeping in mind, and I think this is where a lot of churches have lost their way with this, it's more than just a symbol. A symbol really means something. And Sky points out the American flag as an example. If you think about it, it's just this piece of fabric with a bunch of colors. But because it is symbolic, it comes with a bunch of meaning. Mm -hmm. There is a whole bunch of understanding when you see the flag of what it represents. And that's the same thing with our communion. If we're just thinking the head knowledge of, okay, this is the body of Christ. Okay, this is the blood of Christ. This is what I'm supposed to do because I'm a Christian. You've lost the point. And I think that's what's happened in a lot of churches, is it just became a ritual routine thing. And why does this need to be a priority? And I think that's what we're really seeing here and what uh, Sky is trying to get the point across. It's more than just a symbol. It's very clear that Jesus had done something really big here. This Mm -hmm. is something new. This was a celebration of Passover, so this is not a new tradition for them. But recognizing what these symbols really represent. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just
1: liturgy. It's the banner of who we are as believers in Jesus Christ.
0: And that's something important that we need to regularly remind ourselves because I think about all the times in the Old Testament where it was kind of this routine of Israel would be devoted to God, they'd they'd commit, then they'd go wayward, then God would save them, then they'd come back, and then they'd be wayward. But that's us too. Mm -hmm. And we need to have those moments where we are centered around what is most important. And you can't take communion without being reminded of what Jesus ultimately did for us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know people that will talk about how they take communion every day as that daily reminder is a part of their devotional time. And I've seen you know churches that will take it every Sunday. and and we're not talking about doing routine and ritual for ritual's sake. However, it is very important to remember the core of our faith. It is very important to remember why we're doing this in the first place. Mm-hmm. And Jesus set that up really well when he had his followers come together in that way. And I think that's kind of leads us into that next point that says, if Jesus was serious, then we experience the reality of his kingdom through his table. This was before... This was right before when he went to the cross that did the ultimate act that set the course for the church. But first he gathered with his disciples and kind of set, set it up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, the, the thing about the table and the symbolism of, of coming to a table is that there's, there's, no, there's no inequity at the table. You're all sitting in chairs. You're all eating the same food. You're all gathered around the same space. And yes, the master, the king, Jesus was there leaning, declining with his friends at this table. It's actually a great reminder of how the kingdom of God works. We are all equal. We are all called sons and daughters. We are all equal partakers in all of the things that the scripture promises to us. And we have access to the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside equally, no matter if you're a pastor or if you're in the nursery changing bumps, whereas the world's framing up, it's a ladder, it's a climb, you have to climb to the top, you have to become successful, you have to get here, you have to get to the next run, you have to chase after all these things to better yourself and improve yourself, the table is equal. You come to that table, you partake. All of the kingdom is accessible to all who partake. Crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so anti-the-world structures. Come and partake. Beautiful.
0: And we all can partake. And that and that is just such a powerful, powerful thought.
2: Yeah, the thing that stands out to me most when Sky's going through this section is discussing sort of the system that was in place at the time. And you deal with a lot of, you eat with the people you want to become. Uh, You know, teachers sit with teachers. Uh, The well-known rabbis would be with the rich nobles, the people that really stand out. Hmm. And Jesus was noted as one of them. He was noted as a really honorable, recognized rabbi, even if people didn't agree with everything he said. Uh, But the thing that they keep pointing out, he's eating with the sinners. He's eating with the tax collectors. These aren't the people that are up in the caste system higher where he is. These are the lowest people, Mm -hmm. and Jesus is calling them to his table. And I think that's what we can't miss in this section is like this table, as Chris kept saying, is about equality. Mm -hmm. We are all equals at this table.
0: Yeah. And we're all equals because of what Jesus did. We cannot earn it. Absolutely. We cannot earn our way to the table. And I think one of the biggest lies that the enemy tries to bring to all people and even to to christians at times we get our identity wrapped up in this is about earning Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before but the truth is we cannot earn our way to the table yeah it is only by the grace and the mercy of god and i think that is just that's something worth just taking a moment to stop and to reflect on that it doesn't matter how good you are you're welcome doesn't matter how bad you are. Yep. You're welcome. Yes. Because of what Jesus did.
1: That means that the table is central to Jesus' mission. Like all of the teaching and all that Jesus tried to came to accomplish happened at that table.
0: Yeah, it's not a misplaced story. Like he didn't gather his people... At that spot of that time, by accident. That's right. He was setting something up for the future of the church. Yep. And with that in mind, we can't just take that table and just turn it into a coffee bar. Yeah. And turn it into um, self-serving or what do I want? That's right.
1: It's remembering who is king, right? Is the customer king? Or are the people that come to the church... To consume? Are they the king? Are they the ones who are dictating how we do our service? Are they the ones who are dictating how we, we even speak? And I think in a lot of churches, that's become a thing. We don't say these words because they're offensive. We don't use these symbols because they might offend somebody. We put a coffee bar out there so people come and they connect to the coffee, but are they connecting to Jesus? See, at the Lord's table, Jesus is the center, he's the king. And people are coming to that table as equals to consume but at a coffee bar. You had or order whatever pleases you.
0: And we're not saying you can't have a coffee bar at your services. Like we actually do. Like we serve coffee and all that, but, yep. but there, the spiritual significance of saying we are not a consumer mm-hmm. mindset. We are not going and buying. We are not Starbucksing our yep. church experience. It's not a franchise, right? It's not a franchise. And there's something powerful to that because yeah. Jesus is the ultimate provider. Of, of, of everything and so we're not going to custom order that that's right
2: yeah and one of the things that i noticed going through this is uh, when you look at the coffee bar we're all talking about it your customization you're getting what you want it's what size you want it's how much sugar you want how much cream you want how much whipped topping whatever you want you can do it what this is really coming down to is the lord's table everyone is invited and we're all equal we're all getting the same thing mm-hmm.
1: yeah and what kind of leads us into our next thought too is if that's how it is everyone's equal then the person that you least like will actually also be invited to that table yeah right mm-hmm. Yep. the people that you maybe like have the most tension with are equally invited to partake in the things that make your Christian experience yours, <laughs> if that's a thing. We're trying to we're trying to come against that thinking it's ours. But the things that excite you about your faith is also accessible to everyone else, especially the people you don't like. That's wild. It
0: really is. It really is.
1: And this is why losing the table, making it just a small little piece of just a liturgical service where we just we do it to remember it to tick the box and say, yes, we, did, we do communion at our church, therefore enjoy the uh, gluten-free wafer and a little bit of grape juice. It really takes away from the power of this table. And as we get into it, the more, the more that we are discussing this and the more that you know, Way is dreaming about reshaping what the future of doing a disciple-making community. We're not even calling it necessarily church anymore. It's a disciple-making community that wants to see people grow. We want to bring in people. We want to release leadership. We want to see people planting churches across this nation that have the heart of Jesus Christ, that bring this table to their community and say, You are all welcome here. No matter who you are, how you think, Jesus' table is accessible to you. Come and partake. It's crazy. And it's heavily convicting of I think most people who have participated in church for any significant amount of time that Jesus was very serious about the table and we as a people, as a, as a, as a denomination of people, or even as a, as just a, a charismatic movement have diminished
2: the table. I take a look at this. And one of the things that I come back to repeatedly is in the new Testament church, for the first real time, you see the Jews and Gentiles at the table together. And these are two very different groups. They've grown up culturally different. They've grown up with different foods they're allowed to do or have. They're, they have different events that they celebrate, different holidays. But this table is for all of them. And you see that in the New Testament church. It doesn't matter who you are. You are invited to this table together. This is not a solo journey. We are in this together. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and it brings us also to that redemptive remembrance, right? At some point on your your journey, you made a commitment to Christ. The things that are talked about or taught at that table led you to a moment of going, I am a sinner. I need to grapple with you, Jesus. I, I need to hold on to you, Jesus, because you're the one that allows me to be free from sin and death, not my actions, but simply partaking at your table, coming and sitting with you and knowing that your blood was covering my sins, that your body was being sacrificed for the betterment of my life so that I don't receive the wrath of God poured out on me. You're taking that. And then when I come to the table and recognize in forgiveness, confession of our sins lord forgive me he says you're already forgiven son you're already forgiven now partake wild i love it i love it it pumps me up so much so when we do communion however that might look in our context it has to be like a time machine it has to take you back to that moment of going i remember needing this I remember remembering needing this. I was five when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I remember hearing the words of a missionary who came to speak at our little Pentecostal church in Grimsby. And I remember feeling the conviction that without Jesus, without his forgiveness, there was an emptiness in my soul. And so I made the confession of faith. I asked the Lord, forgive me and walk with me. I was five. And when I take communion, I'm brought back to that moment of sitting there remembering the beautiful light from the streetlights coming through the stained glass window and just illuminating that place. I remember it. There has to be remembrance. And so communion becomes such a, a heavy pace. You, you can see how it's central. It's central to the mission of Jesus, connecting people to who he is and what he has done equally, but also remembering that equality so frequently that when we gather we need to remember I am no different than the person whom I despise the person who I have conflict with the person who brings me chaos I'm no different
0: and this Easter weekend we might be spending time with people that bring some chaos and there's a bit of anxiety around yeah but I guess the question becomes how can we represent Jesus in that situation? Mm-hmm. And yes, there are times where we do need to pull away from people that are just simply not safe. But in, there's other cases where we are simply there to be a light mm-hmm. and to shine that hope, to shine that welcoming presence of God yeah. into those situations. And if you are, and I encourage you over this Easter weekend to take some time, maybe in your home with your family, to maybe to take communion. Maybe you've never done that in your home before, and one of the great ways that you could do that is just grab whatever it is in your house that you can slice that you can use to do that. You see, that's a youth pastor talking. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever it is that you have in your home that you can do, and even just read the passage. It, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. something overly religious or formal, but to take that moment to reflect. Back on what jesus did and i think what better weekend than the weekend that symbolizes the start of that as yeah. one of our rhythms and so i would really encourage mm. everyone listening to take that moment and do that but the other part of it too is that the table is where we glimpse the future so we've looked back yeah. we look back at the work of jesus but there's also a future yeah orientation to this yes
1: And it comes right down to that equality. The people that are invited to the table, which we've already defined is everyone, are also the people that you're going to be spending your eternity with. When the final trumpet sounds and they, you know, we're released onto this new earth, this new heaven. The people at the table are the ones we're here with, right? It's incredible to think that when you're sitting having communion, and you've been to many churches, maybe you've visited or at a communion or, or whatnot. What Over the years, everyone who's partaking and is clinging to that faith, to that communion, to that remembrance, they're going to be there. That's the future. The future is everyone around the table with Jesus.
0: And that's going to be a long table. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a big, big table.
2: I have just one thing that really drives the point home, and it's his last sentence in this part. When we come to the table as Jesus did, we will discover it is where the past, present, and future converge into a single point of grace.
1: Amen. Oh, so good. Amen. That is so, so good. Bring me all the grace.
2: So, we'll just step into the book a sec and uh, have something that Sky said again that really sticks out to me in this part. Uh, so, before we come to the Lord's table as a church, we are to discern whether there are divisions within our community. Is anyone being mistreated or marginalized? Are we coming as one people united in Christ, or as those still divided by the categories of our society? And while self-examination is always beneficial... Paul is asking us to examine whether we are estranged from a brother or sister and to heal that division before coming to the table. Paul was simply echoing Jesus' own command from the Sermon on the Mount to leave your gift at the altar and first be reconciled to your brother before worshiping God. And that's Matthew 5, 23-24.
1: Isn't that
2: just a difficult thing to
1: process? That you know, we've been talking about this table being equal and that we're all equal to partake in it. But we have to approach it with a recognition of our own place at that table. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're told we're deserving of the seat, but we're also told we need to reflect upon ourselves what the things that we're bringing to that table are. And if we're bringing disunity to the table it's not welcome. Disunity is not well. Isn't that crazy? Yet Judas who betrayed Jesus is welcome at that table because the table is about grace and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But we as redeemed reconciled individuals also have to be ambassadors of grace and when we come to that table we need to make sure that we're not partaking in grace without giving grace
0: that's so true and that is very convicting right there's that scripture talking about coming to the lord's table in an unworthy manner
2: yeah yeah, actually, there's one part that Skye says where he's referring to what Paul says. And uh, he says, to use his words, communities that make the table about me rather than about us are guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Oof. Oof.
0: That stings.
1: Yeah.
2: And so we need to
0: be reflective when we come to the table. We are not simply saying that this is something that we just do and we remember... Jesus' love for us and it ends there. This actually is a very serious thing that we do. We do need to come to that with reverence, with reverence for Jesus and what he has asked us to do. And one prayer that Jesus prayed for us is that we would be one. Mm-hmm. And so if we are bringing strife, if we are bringing disunity, if we are causing conflict, we need to deal with that mm-hmm. before we come to that table. But the great news is, is when we're ready, the table is ready for us. Amen. That's right. And I think we'll end it there. Yeah. This has been a really good conversation. And I really do hope and pray that as you reflect on this, this Easter weekend, when we reflect upon not only the death and the sacrifice of Jesus, but how he rose again, how this really does have that future orientation. We look back So that we can look forward Mm -hmm. and live the lives, the redeemed and reconciled lives that God calls us to live. And so with that, I say thank you for joining us for the Way Niagara podcast. I hope you join us next time. Have a great day.